Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we are joined by Allie, host of the Romance Ever After podcast. Allie, thank you for joining us. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, I'm Allie. Uh, and yes, I host Romance Ever After. Um, it's a podcast where we talk about rom-coms with members of the romance book community. Um, I talk to readers, I talk to authors, I talk to reviewers. Um, it's just about, you know, people who have that kind of romance, genre romance view of the world, looking at these movies specifically from that angle. Um, For me, I am a lifelong DC resident, um, which is like my pride and joy. Uh, And uh, tomorrow's actually my birthday. Um, Happy happy birthday. birthday. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I'm just a dork um, who lives in DC and who absolutely loves everything to do with romance. Whether it be books or movies or hell, just even watching people on the street. I love romance. Well, we found an article titled Nine Elements of All Great Rom-Coms. Share with us a romantic comedy, book or movie that stood out and comes to mind for each. So the first yeah, this one is, is, our, this is your version of our icebreakers, Allie. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Two okay. lovable leads. All right. So thinking about this. Um, I really love, I, 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 one thing you'll find out about me is that like, I have a very hard time picking just one thing. So let's see for two lovable leaves. Like I really loved Rosaline, which just came out this past year, um, on Hulu, which is like the retelling of Romeo and Juliet, but from the girlfriend who gets dumped at the beginning, her put po- her point of view. Um, I really love the love interest they gave her in that because they both very much don't want to be in this situation of being arranged married, but they can't stop themselves from being drawn to each other. Um, and then I really like Man Up. Um, that's uh, Simon Pegg and Lake Bell. Um, they They just play so well off of each other. And I think it's because they're both just like, comedians in general but like they just have a really good flow um that really sells the fact of the idea that they go from liking each other to hating each other to loving each other all right how about a meet cute or a not so meet cute (laughs) um so i really like the I guess you could call it a meet cute in um strictly ballroom um because it's this dorky girl stepping out of her comfort zone to ask the uh dance school you know prince to be her partner because you know he's kind of ostracized now because he wants to dance his own steps and like you know he's like just totally dismissing her and she just kind of forces her way into his view which i just i really appreciate that yeah okay can i can i stop you there and just tell you how much I appreciate that you love that movie. Like, I, I feel like I feel like no one has seen that movie. I uh, have like, not. Uh, <laughs> I'm writing, I'm jotting it down, you guys. You have to see Strictly Ballroom. It is so good. It is so good. And the thing that, that never really cracked my mind until, I guess, recently is, like, how serious they take everything. But these are literally amateurs. Like, they all have day jobs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the mechanic. But, like, they all have day jobs. They're salespeople. But, like, their world of ballroom, amateur ballroom, is so intense to them. It's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is It is just so great. And I, and I love the just uh, no apology of how how much they work to at the beginning to, like, I guess – I don't know what the term, but to just humble the the female lead, like she's got all of this prosthetic acne on when you first see her, but just every <laughs> every progressing scene, she just becomes more beautiful, and she's just like gorgeous by the end. <laughs> it's a really really lovely girl, and they like try and sell it as like you know she's trying makeup now and all this other stuff, but like she they they really frump her down. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, she's like really frumpy. <laughs> Okay, guys, I got it written down. I will be watching it. That's why I was so excited about this episode. <laughs> Did you have any other Allie, Allie for uh, um, meet cutes? I okay, so 
I have I have like a penchant for really loving like really crappy TV movies, um, and there I have a very soft spot spot in my heart for like all the Harlequin um, adaptations, and mm-hmm. so there's this one called Diamond Girl where it's like. Uh, it's two brothers who own a law law firm and a vineyard and the older brother comes back to town and he, cause he's there to help sell the vineyard and he doesn't trust his reckless younger brother to do it by himself. And his paralegal who has never seen this man before, um, he barges into her office and takes it over. And she is just like fit to be tied with him. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> The thing is, though, the actors are just like in two different movies because he's overacting. And oh God, she barely has a pulse, and I, I love it so much. I am a huge made-for-TV movie fan, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Like sometimes it's like. Who thought these two people could act together? Like one person clearly understand, understands the assignment and the other, and most of the time it's the female lead. I'm like, who thought she needed to be the leading lady in this movie? <laughs> like it's so awful, but it kind of adds to the charm of it yes, being a made for TV movie. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> okay. This one was the diamond girl. Yeah, it's called Diamond Girl. I forget what their actual category is called. Um, but like if you go on IMDb, I think the title is on there. Okay, yeah, we're gonna have to look it up. <laughs> we'll look it up and put <laughs> like, it in show notes. But like it's always on like freebie for free to watch. And like it's such a comfort movie for me. I just like watching them be so ridiculous because they end up fake dating to try and convince the younger brother to sell the vineyard. It's it's so ridiculous. Gotta love a fake dating. Well, name for us a rom-com that had a unique or troublesome situation. Um, I thought, I feel like for this one, something new was a good oh, one. I love that movie. Um, just because it's a very unique situation where it's really about her stepping out of her comfort zone to try something. And, and you know, there's so many different, um, different class things that you can talk about as well as racial dynamics. It's just, it, it it's a definite it's a definite unique point of view i think because you know you don't always have it where i mean they always do the heroine who's like you know stuffy and you know afraid to like get out of her shell but like she's the well-to-do one and she's she's basically becoming more herself in a way i guess but it just i don't know i just felt like the setup for something new is just so different than a lot of movies mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Well, name for us one of your favorite rom-com sidekicks. Um, there's this really fun remake of Cinderella that's set in the world of fashion called If the Shoe Fits. Um, it stars Jennifer Grey and Rob Lowe. Um, and she she's a shoe designer. And basically she gets these magic shoes that turns her into a fashion model (laughs) (laughs) and nobody recognizes that it's her somehow she just her hair is just slicked back that's like all it is but like nobody recognizes it's her and she has this buddy who is a dresser and she's french and she's ridiculous and i absolutely love her and her name is veronique (laughs) Love it. I'm I'm keeping a, a whole list here as as we're going down. How about a super fun montage? Okay, you, know you have, have to have a montage. 20, <laughs> you have to go with twenty seven dresses. Like oh, all the dress when she tries on all of her bridesmaids dresses for him. Like how can you not? <laughs> that is a memorable then, montage. I love that yeah. one. And then to reuse a movie, um, my backup would be Diamond Girl because, of course, there's a montage in it where he has to make her up from frumpy paralegal to <laughs> to stellar girl that the little brother can't ignore anymore. <laughs> and she has I'm, the worst clothes ever. I'm determined <laughs> to find out like what book this was adapted from too. I, I need to know. 
because <laughs> made for TV movies, man, they love to adapt like romance novels. And mm-hmm. sometimes like those wet, like, I don't know if you, if you watch Hallmarks, but like wedding, they had, um, the wedding veiled series that's been like super popular lately. And it's mm-hmm. based off of like a Lori Foster novel. And I'm like, this has nothing to do with Lori Foster's book. <laughs> <laughs> Like she has a like a half naked cowboy on the front, and I'm like, clearly this is not all Mark. Yeah, movie. I think that's down just a little. But let me see this. Dinosaur <laughs> does have a sex scene in it, so. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is from this is from when Hallmark was like they were really adapting their books. There's like there's like a, there's like a series of films um that they did, and. I, I'm like, I, I'm deeply obsessed with this. Um, so basically, and this is a little crazy story for you. Basically what happened is in like the early 90s, CBS lost the airing rates for um, some football games on Sundays. So in order to try and fill that, fill that programming hole, they decided that they were going to basically produce... Um, film filming and content for women so they like did tennis for some portion of it but one of the big things that they did was they basically worked with a canadian production company to do all of these harlequin movie adaptations and so we now have like this random catalog of harlequin <laughs> movie adaptations thanks to the nfl airing rights <laughs> Uh, you can't praise the NFL for much, but you know, you right. with some Harlequin movies indirectly. Right. So. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> Let's look out for the ladies on this one, guys. <laughs> How about relationship jeopardy? A moment the core relationship is put to the test. Mm. Sometimes these can be kind of cringy in rom coms, but like when they get it right. It's so good. So I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to hear what she has to say about this one. This is tough. Okay. So new movie that came out this past um, December, I really liked kind of how, like, their relationship is in jeopardy from basically the moment they meet. Um, Called About Fate. Um, And, like, basically from the moment they meet, they are not crazy about each other, but they get put in this situation. Um because okay so he he and her are at the same restaurant at the same time with their separate significant others she's getting dumped he's proposing oh god yeah and they run into each other and they just like have an awful moment together um but then the next day the very next day he accidentally gets dropped off at her house um drunk and naked and you know he she comes home and he's in her bed um and she's like absolutely distraught because she was supposed to be bringing her boyfriend to her sister's wedding and everybody thinks she's a flake and like you know not really good at life and so she convinces him to go and pretend that she that he's her boyfriend and shenanigans ensue in the course of them getting to the wedding but when they get to the wedding like everything just seems like perfect for each other and then of course who should walk in uh but her ex who he's pretending to be and he has a fiance who he's supposed to be going to really proposed to uh at a different venue all the way across town so oh my uh, gosh i think i saw a preview for this recently okay (laughs) i thought it was really fun um and it's uh it's emma roberts and it's the same director writer that she's worked with on a bunch of things um including that one with the australian guy where holiday Oh, that one was on Netflix. Was that good? I have it saved. It's been saved, y'all, for like two years, and I've yet to watch it. <laughs> so I I can see why people have like very intense reactions to it. They either love it or they hate it. There is no in-between. <laughs> and I can see why people would feel that way. <laughs> so I would just say, you know, you're going to have to evaluate that for yourself. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give us the deets. Like, 
what do, what are people's thoughts about the movie? Um, so a lot of people feel a little icky about some of the ongoings that happens between them because I think I believe there's a sex scene or a failed blowjob attempt. Um, okay. That some people felt like the question of consent wasn't clear. And, you know, that that's important to acknowledge. Um, but outside of that, their chemistry is wishy-washy. It's kind of mm. wonky. Like sometimes it's like on like gangbusters. And then other times it's like you're looking at a brother and a sister. Um, <laughs> and the plot is kind of all over the place. Um like in a fun way for me. Um, but I also like trash a lot. So I can't always be the best judge. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Anybody that's like, I like trash a lot. It's usually going to be a good time, you guys. So <laughs> how about your most memorable light bulb moment? Um, okay. Uh, old movie, Madonna um, called Who's That Girl? Uh, she's basically been just gotten out of jail and she has like basically the deets on (laughs) this crime she got sent, uh, to jail for. Um, but you know, basically she took the fall for it. And this uptight accounting guy who is marrying his boss's daughter that weekend, um, is put in charge of escorting her from the prison directly to a bus to get her out of town um, and sent off and away. But of course she doesn't want to play by the rules. And so she basically leads him off around, I think I can't remember if they're in New York or Philly, but she basically like leads him off around town um, running all these various uh, errands. And, you know, they end up with a cat uh, not a cat, a puma at one point. Um, I love how ridiculous rom-coms are. Like, it's like, it's a given in the genre of like ridiculousness. And it's, it's so perfect. <laughs> you know, with a puma, um, she steals some jewels from Bulgari. It's like, it's a whole thing. Um, but this, they eventually, the puma is supposed to be delivered to this like fancy rich guy who has like a rooftop garden animal sanctuary because only in movies. Um, and Loudon figures out that he has to go meet her there because she runs off with the puma at one point after some hoods come in and kidnap a bridal shower. Anyways, um, he meets her there and the rich guy who's eccentric, eccentric as hell has dressed her to the nines in like this gorgeous white dress and her hair is perfect. And she's wearing this, like the really pretty expensive necklace she stole earlier. And Loudon is just like, well, damn, she's crazy and a criminal and all this, but wow. Like she is, she is the girl, but of course he doesn't, you know, follow through with that. Cause he's a good guy. He's supposed to be getting married the next day. And mm-hmm. so he's going to let her go, but then, well, it's romance. You know, if it, stuff happens, they end up together. There's mm-hmm. also dueling in that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, we already have a stolen puma. Like, we might as well have dueling in there as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, so what do you guys think of Madonna on film? Like, I watched um, for the first time, I think, early last year, Suddenly Seeking Susan. And I'm like, she was fucking gorgeous on screen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, she's she's awesome. I, like, she was actually a pretty good actress. Like, yeah. I yeah. feel like in Suddenly Seeking Susan, she was playing herself. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a point where like she goes into the club and her song is playing, but (laughs) she was great, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting. Um, So when when I was a young child and was first learning, you know, about Madonna, uh, she was in in pop culture, like the, the most scandalous woman to like ever, ever be like, that's how pop culture was was painting her and you know you look back now and it's like oh she was like wearing whatever the hell she wanted and that's that was pretty much yeah <laughs> just the, pretty much the height of it yeah, uh, the bar was in hell. <laughs> yeah. 
but uh but yeah i i enjoy it. i can't think of anything that i didn't enjoy seeing her in i know there was like a remake of like was it from here to eternity or something like that it was a remake of one of those old romance movies that uh, kind of got panned by critics but yeah uh, I, I think that was when she was still married to guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think he directed it too. So it seemed like after Evita, she kind of did an Oscar chasing sort of, sort of yeah. uh, bit of her career. But I, I really enjoyed when she was just, um, you know, being essentially being herself, you know? On yeah. Her. Like <laughs> she was just like frolicking around New York carrying this like little hat case and suddenly <laughs> seeing Susan. And I'm like, I love you. Like she's in the, there's a scene of her like drying her armpits out in the like blow dryer in the bathroom. I'm like, this is so Madonna being Madonna. It's perfect. Yeah, she's really funny. She yeah. she's really funny. Yeah. So yeah, like when she went on her Oscar chase of serious Oxa film, it was it wasn't as fun. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and I I will just always remember her as just the epitome of a bombshell from that Dick Tracy movie. Oh, yeah. 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 All right. Well, how about your favorite grand gesture or epic line? Oh, okay. So first one, I, for grand gesture, like, it's important to me that the person getting the grand gesture is not being embarrassed. And so for me, the height of height is 10 things I hate about you, the dancing and singing on in the stadium. You're just too good to be true. Because, you know, he's making a fool of himself on the altar of love for her, but he isn't directly embarrassing her. And that's why I love that one so much. And then Fire Island, I really liked when they're having that little debate about books, about a book. And he's like, you know, I'm not trying to argue with you. He's like, well, if you're not trying to argue with you, with me, then just let me win. He said, and he just goes, okay, you win. And he smiles at him. And like, when he said that, I like my heart melted because who doesn't want to just win like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're, you're right though. Like you don't want it to be embarrassing and you yeah. want it to be something that makes sense for the person that you're doing the grand gesture for yeah and it when you're when you're doing the gesturing like it's gotta be especially if it's going to be public you can't embarrass the person like you've got to make a fool of yourself without embarrassing them and that's why i hate public proposals (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i I mean uh this might be a little bad because it's kind of kind of a true one but the um in walk the line when uh when johnny cash proposes to june carter in front of like a whole audience of people after she's told him no several times kind of like, uh. did you think that was gonna make her say yes <laughs> pressure 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 <laughs> all right well we need to talk about happy endings which happy couple from a rom-com do you believe would still be together um, Dre and Sydney from Brown Sugar. Oh yeah. Okay. They were, so they, they were to, they were essentially together all that time. They just needed to make it real, and we finally made it real. Yeah. Yeah. Let's tell us your romantic comedy film and romance novel origin story. Like, tell us about them. How'd you get into them? Oh God. Um. So. My family is like really super huge movie watchers. Um, we were that family with like two VCRs to like dupe things that we got from Blockbuster. So that we could <laughs> oh, naughty, naughty. <laughs> Children these days will never know. <laughs> they will never know. You'll that never understand the lengths we would go to. God, that was an extremely dated statement. <laughs> it was. It was. Tell me you're a child. You were a child of the 90s without telling me you were a child of the 90s. <laughs> Blockbuster alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we were, we're always huge movie watchers. And 
Um, I like I watched a lot of the same movies that my mom watched. Now my mom watched a lot, a lot of action movies, but she also watched a lot of rom coms too. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with watching those movies. And I'll never forget there was this one time I was something came was coming on. I was like, Mom, we have to watch this. And she turned to me and she goes, You are such a romantic. I didn't realize that. And Aww. like that kind of like stuck in my head um, that I really liked romance. Um, and I kind of sort of led with that. Um, and I realized, you know, as I was also reading a lot, I realized the parts of the story that I really liked were when people liked each other and they wanted to be together. Um, and then I, one day I found out that you could read whole entire books that was just about that with lots of kissing. And <laughs> I was like, I want to do that. I want to read that. Um, and I'd say I probably didn't become like a huge romance reader until maybe about high school. Um, and then I was like, I was basically at the bookstore two to three times a week and oh, the library it. cleaning out every paperback I could find. Um, and I, I never looked back after that. Aaron, you are a rom-com lover too. Like how'd you get into it? I, it's hard to say, but I, my, my family was big movie watchers too, but ones that probably stand out are Princess Bride, of course, because that's, I mean, that movie is just incredible. Haven't gotten around to reading the book, but. Um, <laughs> st- okay, so true story confession. I really believed that the book was an abridged version. And like for a year, I searched <laughs> for the unabridged version. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> this is like in the heyday of the internet so like i was, I was down some rabbit holes oh yeah well and and i gotta say um you mentioned action um and it made me think of of true lies with arnold schwarzenegger and jamie lee curtis and then yes. it, it's like such a, a rom-com that i don't even think people realize because you know it's got terrorists and you know guns and explosions and everything but it's the, the core of the story is this spy you know realizing you know um needing to reshow his love for his wife that's just you know that he's just completely forgotten about through his job. I mm-hmm. love that that you watched that movie, Aaron, and the romance part of it stuck with you. I love it. <laughs> You're such a romantic. <laughs> well, like, that's the best part of that movie. Like, I always feel like it the is. third act is like, it's just too much. But like the part where like, he's realizing his wife is being seduced by this janky car salesman and he's got to get her back. Like, that's the best part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My introduction was really it, it was it was my like I guess I guess it's safe to say we were a movie watching fam too. My parents watched a lot of horror when when they were married so we watched a lot of horror but like my mom would watch rom-coms and I feel like we watched a lot of Julia Roberts and a lot of J-Lo and <laughs> her favorite movie the older I get I realize is not really a romantic comedy I don't know how we would categorize it I just remember us watching my best friend's wedding over and over oh. again we had the soundtrack like we had the album up <laughs> the moment I wake up <laughs> all the time Uh, so that was my introduction and then like uh, in middle school our slumber party movie which is so weird now that I look back on it because I went to a Catholic school in the Midwest I was the only black girl in my grade and our slumber party movie was The Wood (laughs) (laughs) four black guys like you know in high school and as a grown man one of them's getting married but like we quoted the hell out of that movie (laughs) so good <laughs> that is that is awesome but how <laughs> no, it, it blockbuster i think it was a yeah. we were at blockbuster we rented it one time and laughed our asses off so literally every summer party after that was we're watching the wood <laughs> i've been a fan ever since all right wow. i'm writing that one down too oh it's so good it's so it good. good it is so funny it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, just that is a random choice. Yeah, um, it, I think it was actually produced by MTV too. So like, oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, a crap ton of commercials for it too. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, what inspired you to create and start Romance Ever After? 
Um, so, uh, I'm a, an extreme extrovert. Um, so you can imagine how the pandemic was, uh, a bit much for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just desperate to talk to other humans who weren't my husband. <laughs> and I was like, what can I talk about? Oh, this thing that I'm deeply obsessed with. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Also, like I was so, an, I, I am a super huge stickler um about the definition of what movie what um, of what a movie is a rom-com or not um and so it was also the very Aryan in me to Aries way of me to basically browbeat people into admitting that movies that they thought were rom-coms weren't rom-coms um so <laughs> in a fun loving way um <laughs> But that's really all it was, just the need to be extroverted and uh, talk to people about things that I love. I love that. Love it. There, were, okay. there was a lot of good that came from the pandemic. <laughs> Can I ask you, Allie, I've been noticing just on the internet, movie subreddits and romance subreddits, things like that, that the, the movie Love Actually has not aged well. And <laughs> do you have anything to say on that? I've heard that too, Erin. <laughs> I've tried to watch it. Confession. I've tried to watch it because a lot of I listen to a lot of UK podcasts and they like praise that movie. Mm-hmm. But then here in the States, I, I hear like, yeah, it, it has not aged that well. So I tried to watch it, I think on Amazon Prime. Uh, mm-hmm. It was free once upon a time. And I got like 10 minutes in and I was like, eh, it's not so great. And I like turned it off. So I don't know if I'm missing out on something. But yeah, what do you think about it? Okay, so first and foremost, I have an episode that I did with Jillian Graves and Andy J. Christopher, um, where we basically spent two hours tearing it apart. (laughs) (laughs) We will link that in show notes, listeners. It'll be in show notes. (laughs) Um, But really, okay, for me, it kind of boils down to the fact that I think personally, Richard Curtis, the man who wrote the movie, um, doesn't really have a romantic bone in his body, but he's really funny. And the fact that he's really funny covers up the fact that his sense of romance is utter trash. Um, Mm. Oh, speaking of grand gestures that I think are awful, the end scene in Notting Hill where he shows up to the press conference. I I don't like that. Uh, Anyways, um, so that's like, that's kind of how I feel about Love Actually. And don't get me wrong. I watched the hell out of that movie, like so much. I I own the DVD at one point. Um, I got, I, I watched it like all the time, deeply enjoyed it. But like, when you look at it, like from a standpoint of romance, it's awful. Oh, the idea that, you know, a woman won't be able to have a relationship because she's caring for her um, mentally ill brother who is in a, a nursing home. And it's like, they're, they're the only two left. And she doesn't even have a chance to get away from him to like have a one night stand for the really hot guy who likes her. Like... I, I think that's a horrible message. Now, he tries and spin and say, like, the the love story here is her love for her brother. But, like, that's, that's, that's crap. And then the fact that the almost affair with, um, whatchamacallit, Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson just, like, absolutely destroys their marriage. And she stays with him. And you, like, never see him make it up to her. You just know she's sad and staying with him. Like, uh, on your best friend's girl turned wife and you just need her to know you need her to know that you were deeply in love with her but you're gonna let it go like why why did you <laughs> tell her that that yeah. was not a christmas gift for anybody but you fucking up their marriage probably <laughs> anyways and then he's like richard curtis has like this weird obsession with american women like i i don't understand it but like he thinks that we are like I don't know, guess a little bit more looser than British women. And like every American woman he puts in something is just like some sort of sexual siren. And Mm. it's just like, it's really weird to me. I love when Aaron goes into these Reddit sub threads. (laughs) It's always a good time. (laughs) It's always plenty to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it feels like as a romantic comedy fan that the genre is having 
a resurgence, I guess, that its fans have been waiting for. And and when looking online, you constantly come across two factors behind it. Comfort, because we've been going because because of COVID, people are looking for comfort. And then streaming services. And what I was seeing a lot was like Netflix was really the streaming service that kind of kicked things off. So as a longtime rom-com fan, Allie, what do you think is behind the resurgence the genre is having? Like, do you agree with that or, or what? Do you feel like it's never really went anywhere? Like, what are your thoughts? Um, so I think it's, if you look at it this way, if we're talking about streaming services, we're talking about like more mainstream rom-coms. Um, like, I think rom-coms never really went anywhere. Um, I personally think that uh, Adam Sandler held the banner mm-hmm. of rom-coms for a while there. Um, while When like major studios weren't backing them, Adam Sandler was still making a rom-com a year. Um, yeah. Though people, I don't think a lot of people admit that, but like, you know, just go with it, rom-com. Blended rom-com. Like he was making rom-coms. They were about parents, but he was making rom-coms. Um, and that's definitely a name that you really don't hear people say when we talk about rom-coms, but yeah, but give him he, his props. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, Wedding Singer still holds to this day, and it is, it is a, it's pitch perfect rom com. Like everything about it. Like, is he, is Adam Sandler what we think of when we think of romance, heartthrobs? No, but he is an incredibly believable romantic lead, and he can be really sweet and soft in those movies. Yeah. Um. Even though you know he's like the king of like you know angry man comedy, um, like. <laughs> raunchy comedy like it's not all billy madison and happy gilmore y'all but like even in those movies he's got like nice little romantic little romance subplots you know yeah adam sandler adam sandler does romance well and i think we should give him his props but back to your question really what i think um is the key to this resurgence is actually hallmark um hallmark found its niche in doing um doing TV rom-coms. Um, now, are they necessarily how we always think of rom-coms? No. And because of the basically factory they've got going now, um, yeah, the the they they have like expanded a little bit more in how we view rom-coms and how they produce rom-coms. But because Hallmark was pushing for that, um, and other networks hopped on board, like. Lifetime and Ion and like everybody coming out of the woodwork for those holiday rom-coms, um, a lot of production companies, smaller production companies started pivoting towards doing that. And there there's money to be had in that. And I think when we really saw like at the height, at the heyday of Hallmark, like doing this, streamers, of course, like Netflix and other people were pitching that to these guys that, hey, look at this form formula, this format, you know, let's start doing it. Um, now with Netflix, I would say like the bigger thing in them doing these rom-coms more, it's been more about pulling in female viewers. Um, and that, that's, that's big for them because, you know, you want to hold on to subscribers and women typically drive, um, subscribing to those services. So you want to do some programming that's for them. Why do you think we get so many documentaries on like killers and true crime and all that stuff? They're trying to draw in the subscription base. Um, so yeah, they kind of saw what Hallmark was doing and Hallmark was thriving with that. And people were already, you know, out in LA passing off scripts and in Canada passing off scripts for these rom-coms. And so, yeah, they just elevated that a little bit by also adapting some books too, which has been a lot of fun, I think, for people. Um, Seeing these books being, that they all love being brought on screen and given the care and attention that they deserve. I think with Netflix, like, They'll have some bangers, but <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I I think that I noticed it, especially this past holiday season. I'm a huge holiday t- movie watcher and man, like there's some bad stuff that gets put out there. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like everybody's jumping on the bandwagon, but it's like, you know, and Lifetime. So like Lifetime, I feel like out of all of the like channel wise, like made for TV wise, 
I think they really brought it this past holiday season. Whereas I think they learned their lesson because the year prior to that, they put out way too many movies that were like, they put out just way too many movies. I feel like last year it was quality over quantity. They didn't put out nearly as many movies and really the majority of what they put out was good. And I feel like that's what everybody needs to recognize is like, don't put out so much and then put money into what you are putting into and just make sure it's good. Like, just make sure it's good. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, people want to have fun with movies. You know, they, they, we, life is so depressing, man. (laughs) People want to have fun when they're watching stuff. And like, that's why I think we're seeing the more fun movies that are out, people are going to actually see them and they're actually going to go to the theater. But like for a while there, the only time you were able to get some fun was on streamers because they were doing these kinds of movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If Netflix were to offer you a, whatever it takes to make a great budget, how would you rewrite these films? The first one is sleepless in Seattle. (laughs) I I just want to, I just want to know, did you, did you pick movies, you know, I don't like. (laughs) here's the thing here's the thing so i came across this article that was like a whole article on movies that don't necessarily it wasn't necessarily like don't age well but like don't portray new york at the like what new york is currently like so it was like um you know you wouldn't be in a cab these days you'd be in an uber kind of thing and i was like let's put all three let's put three from this list so (laughs) there you go that's fine. That's fine. Um, okay, so Sleepless in Seattle. Um, I feel like for that one, I hate the fact that they're, they're they never communicate really. They never they we were supposed to believe that they're going to end up together based on a couple of times that they see each other from across a crowded room, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not enough for me. Like I I wish like there was some epistolary in there. Like they were writing to each other more. Um, after that first letter or whatever. Um, I, I just, I, I wish that was there. So I could just believe that when they did finally meet, even if they didn't know that they were the two who were writing each other, that it would work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> so how would you rewrite yeah. it? Like, would Sleepless in Seattle be the podcast of like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, how would we, how would Sleepless in Seattle work today? Like, it clearly worked for its time. Yeah. But, like, honestly, like, for one, I mean, I I hope, I know people still listen to the radio, but, like, how would you, you could, like, find them on Instagram now, you know? (laughs) No, okay. It would be, he, he's, he totally hates social media, so he's never on there. But (laughs) he gets caught um, in a TikTok. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. His yeah. son does it. His son and does the TikTok. Right. Yeah. Viral. <laughs> it's all over the place. Oh man! You know, I haven't seen that movie in forever, but that is just such a a great example of the the thirty year old child trope. <laughs> Tom oh, Hanks' his character. No, no, the the actual child, like His having, son? Okay. Uh, yeah, having like this very like grown up, mature attitude and, and outlook on the world. What about yeah. his little friend played uh, with Gabby Hoffman's character? She was like, she was like in, she was retired. She was like a retired yeah. teacher the way she acted. The way yeah. she set up his plane ticket to fly <laughs> right. to New York. She's like, you don't, you, we're gonna make sure you have a window seat. Like, <laughs> are you like twenty <laughs> seven? Guys, okay, I just love that we're having this conversation because I have a confession. Like, I really love that movie. And it's <laughs> awful. I know it's a noble failure. It's okay. It's, it's okay. It's all when right. They, when they hold hands at the end, I cry every time. I'm just like, <laughs> finally. I guess like, they spend so much time apart. Everyone is allowed to love what they love. Just because <laughs> it doesn't work for me doesn't mean it doesn't work for you. <laughs> like, okay it's okay like the first conversation I ever held had with Denise Williams was me telling her for an hour and a half how much I hate you've got mail which she absolutely loves (laughs) (laughs) it's 
that was another movie on the list you guys it was like you walk around new york i've never been to new york but if you're like like, if you walk around new york city there's tons of buildings that are closed like how you know it's so realistic that her bookshop would be closed by a big conglomerate company in 2023 (laughs) (laughs) it is uh it is yeah, I'm going to guess like half that list is Nora Ephron movies. So Yeah, yeah. No, there were a lot of Noras on there. <laughs> okay, okay. How would you rewrite How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? Oh, see, like I don't have to worry about that. I could just go adapt Andy's book. Andy <laughs> does have the book. <laughs> but on the list, it, it was like, a, it was like, because somebody worked for a magazine, right? And they're like, yeah, remember those? Like, if 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 it wouldn't be a magazine, it would be like she would work for like some sort of online publication, like The Cut or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it would be like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. It would be more like I don't know, um, a weird retrospective on the New York dating scene and how yeah. social media has affected how we date or some BS like that. <laughs> All right, I've got to admit, I have not I have not seen that one and I haven't seen this next one on the list, which I get a lot of I get a lot of flack for Aaron. not having seen this one. I know, oh, right? Oh my god. Don't go bad. <laughs> so, Don't go bad. How about when Harry met Sally? <laughs> okay, first off, give us the tea. Why do you not like this one? I just want to like I just want I, I am on record repeatedly as being an affirmed Nora Ephron hater. So like, okay, that makes sense. Okay, so got like, it. It's it's okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Nora like, is like interesting to me because like she has all these movies that were like total hits people loved them and she seemed super feminist but then like i've read some of her nonfiction, and she just says stuff every now and again that you're like i don't know how cool you actually are <laughs> i mean she lived in dc too long that's her problem um said by the lifelong dc or self-confessed <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> look there's let me, put, let me rephrase that she lived in washington too long. <laughs> okay okay that's her problem. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. For okay, so when Harry met Sally, probably it would be like Facebook would be involved somehow. Clearly, because they're both weirdos. Um, I don't know. Maybe they have like a lifelong poke war on Facebook. Like they're the only two people still doing that. <laughs> um, uh... What else would I? What help? I mean, there there would actually be people of color in the movie. Yeah. Um, the rideshare thing would still be a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. people still do that all the time, especially coming out of college. But um, I don't think he would have a job waiting for him. I think he would have like the possibility of a job, and he he's just being like totally. Uh, go-getter he's definitely gonna go for it like i don't know like he's he's like gonna sit in the lobby until somebody hires him kind of guy um i remember watching it for the first time a couple years ago and i i was like you aaron i caught a lot of slack from friends of like oh my gosh you haven't watched when harry met sally so i watched it and again this is at, at this point i had watched i would watch sleepless in seattle like every day it was just comfort so like you know I'm like okay whatever I'll watch this other Nora Ephron movie right and I watched it and I was like eh, it's okay I don't I don't understand but then I was like looking online and I guess so like some people consider when Harry met Sally you know we had like the golden age of Hollywood like screwball comedies and then mm-hmm. I guess when Harry met Sally in some people's eyes is like the first of the more modern rom-coms I guess so I guess in mm-hmm. some people's eyes it's important as like a transition film or whatever but yeah I was just like eh. I've seen it once. I don't need to see it again. It's okay. <laughs> what it really is is that it's like the first one where Gen X is like an adult, you know? <laughs> That's all it is. I think we all know how Gen X feels about themselves. Yeah. They tell us every day on Twitter. Um, I like, I, I think the relationship politics of it are just very different than I think what we deal with now. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like, maybe it might be a little bit more like, um, you know, the, this ridiculous house swappy movie that 
with uh, Ashton Kutcher and Reese oh, uh, your place or mine? Yeah, I think it's like I, I think I feel like that's kind of like the same ethos, but like I don't know. I just mm. I don't think it would really work as well. Yeah. Okay. There, so, yeah. There's this ridiculous. I guess you could call it sort of remake called Boys and Girls with um, Claire Forlani and Freddie Prince Jr. And it's set with them in college. And it's literally, it's basically the same movie. Um, And I, and that came out like in either late nineties or like super early aughts. And I think like even just that little bit of jump of time just showed how out of pocket um some of the relationship dynamics were the thing that works about when harry met sally is that the dialogue is snappy and a lot of people enjoy that and sometimes when dialogue is fun people miss they 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 like they miss the the fact that the movie isn't great yeah oh god like uh it's like mystic uh not mystic pizza uh the runaway bride with julia roberts like i think about that movie a lot i'm like the first hour was great and then the second hour it it was just a really long movie somehow (laughs) and it's not really that good after a certain point the first hour was great we should have cut it after that yeah (laughs) kind of drags on you know the thing though about Nora efron is both of her parents wrote uh rom-coms yeah um and they wrote one of my favorite <laughs> movies. They wrote Desk Set. And I absolutely adore Desk Set. This is the only Efron production. That I've <laughs> did you ever watch Heartburn? I mean, I know it's not like a rom-com, but did you watch I did, Heartburn? But it's like, it's funny, but like, it's depressing to me. Yeah. And then the fact that it's based on her actual life. Her actual like, marriage. <laughs> Jack Nicholson is such a good, he's such a good actor as like a not shit husband. <laughs> Someone tells me he's a, he takes it from life experience. <laughs> <laughs> and Meryl Streep is just classic Meryl Streep. It's so good. Well, okay. Five titles, film or books included, if you want. Your romantic comedy starter pack, what would be on it? Oh, see. This is difficult. Um, this is so difficult for me. Um, but I really love. Okay, so for I'm I'm gonna start with the book because that's like easy for me, easier for me. Um, I really love uh, getting rid of Bradley by Jennifer Cruzy because it's just this short category length. It's very snappy. The dialogue is great, and like they're both just exasperated with each other the entire time. But I love it. Um, and there's like a lot of action in it, and it's just like it's it's just go 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 from like the second you start and not a not a scene is wasted um and it's really funny so that would definitely be in my starter pack um I think brown sugar would be in there because it's really one of the best um friends to lovers stories I've movies I've ever seen and I saw Mm -hmm. it when I the first time I saw it I was in New York when I saw it so like it just made it feel even more special to me um but it it does it, it does Friends to Lover really well. And then like the fact that they set it amongst such a culturally specific um, scene with music and hip hop. And I just, I really love that. And then it has the iconic scene with uh, Tay Diggs where he busts in on his soon to be ex-wife's date. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's drunk and a fool and it's, it's hilarious. Um, that's two. Um... What else would I put in there? Hmm. I mean, no, I, I would not put that movie in there. That's That would be horrible. Um, <laughs> All right, you got to tell her. You can't just leave us hanging like that. Well, I was about to say Diamond Girl. It's like, no, that, that's just that's just weird. No. Um, I really like my Big Fat Greek Wedding. Um, I think that's, that's a really nice way of looking at a rom-com where – these two people don't break up. They don't, they just, they just move toward each other and they become a family. And I really love that. I like the truth about cats and dogs because that has a really great friendship in it as well as some just really great chemistry. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's a great one. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, it ruins their friendship, but it doesn't, 
completely ruin it. And like, really, the grand gesture is her. It, it, there's a there's a friendship grand gesture in there, um, which I really liked. Um, and then catch and release, okay. um, just because it's a rom com about grief, and I I like that she goes to him and he he he's like basically waiting for her. Love it. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, Allie, have you been writing anything you can tell us about? Oh God, no, just fanfic. Um, <laughs> That's writing. That's writing. That's Don't writing. sell it short. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm always working on something. I I, ha- I literally have a, a story I've been working on for, oh God, close to 20 years now. So like, I'm, I'm always working on something, but like mostly just um, been writing some newsletters that I'm going to be putting out soon. So that's the extent of my writing right now. Well, are we going to be getting new episodes of Romance Ever After? Yes. You will. It just all hinges on my ability to sit down at my computer and edit episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> Listeners don't even realize. Like, you may get, like, an hour episode from a podcaster. It maybe took two or three to get it edited. <laughs> like, we have to muster up the energy. <laughs> yeah. In my day job, I actually do a lot of AV editing. <laughs> so, like... Now it's like, oh, so in my free time, I'm going to be doing what I've been doing all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I could be reading. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, there will be new episodes. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into some roundouts. What's one hill you will wholeheartedly die on? Um, so as ridiculous as I say I am about the definition of rom-coms, I will die on the hill that Morning Glory is a rom-com. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's Tell where us I why. <laughs> Elaborate. Um, because I, okay, if I'm being extremely honest, it's really a workplace comedy. However, the beats that it follows between her relationship with Harrison Ford's character um, and down to the fact that she does a rom-com run at the end while he's doing his grand gesture to her. And it's, mm-hmm. it just, it follows every beat. And, you know, then there's Patrick Wilson and they're being half naked some of the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Who was your teenage celebrity crush? Oh God. Who wasn't? Um, teenage. If we're going to be specific teenage. Um, I definitely had a huge thing for James McAvoy. Um, that, that, cause he came out in, um, the children of Dune miniseries on sci-fi. Cause again, huge dork. Um, and he was absolutely dreamy. Um, Heath Ledger. Oh, I had such a thing for Heath Ledger. Um, yeah, I was at the first showing of 10 things I hate about you on the first day. (laughs) I, and I have been watching the trailer religiously for like months and this was back when you had to wait for quick time to load <laughs> yeah. in order to watch a video. Children <laughs> today will never understand. <laughs> buffering. There is no such thing as buffering. There is waiting an hour on that 56K <laughs> connection to download a little two-minute clip. So yeah, no. I had a yeah, I had a huge thing for Heath Ledger. Yeah. Those I think those were like probably my two biggest teenage celebrity crushes. I love it. Three songs on the mixtape to your life and what they say about you. Oh, fuck. Um, sorry. Um, nope, you're fine. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, music. I love music. I love music too much. Um, so one song would probably be on there. It has no lyrics. Um, Salvador de Samba. Um, it's from a McCoy Tyner album. Um, and it's just a, it's just like kind of like, um, latin jazz piece um i absolutely adore that song and it's like just 10 minutes of like strings and cymbals and i i love that song so much and so it just reminds me so much of just like being um in town on a sunday walking around um and that's just kind of like just kind of like how i feel when i'm happy um something i want by grace potter um i just really like that song it's like really upbeat it's all about getting what you want and that's 
pretty much how I feel about my days. Um, <laughs> and then Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon. So <laughs> I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Love it. Okay. Okay. So if today you finish the pages on a memoir documenting your life at the moment, what would the title be? Advice from a hypocrite. <laughs> Take this with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> Think it's perfect. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, lastly, where can everyone keep up with you online? Oh, um, so I'm on Twitter as Ali is writing and Instagram. Um, and I have a website, Ali K Parker. Dot com where you can basically find everything um, and you can sign up for my newsletter and um, be updated on when I have podcast episodes. Uh, yeah. And um, I think uh, even my sub stack is Ali is writing too. So like I try and keep it simple guys. Um, it. And you can also follow the podcast directly at Rom ever after on both Twitter and on um Instagram as well. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and chatting rom-coms. You'll have to come back. I mean, if there's a movie, you're like, guys, we need to we need to watch this and talk. Like, hit oh. us up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah. It's like my favorite thing ever. I love I love I love doing watch parties. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs>